welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined uh, tonight by uh, a couple of musicians uh, playing several projects together. Um, they play in the shoegaze band Brief Candles. They play in uh, Blue Unit, who, which they have a terrific EP out on. Go listen to it. Um, and uh, they also uh, run Humdrum Studios. And uh, I'm excited to talk to them about their passions, artistry, and why they do what they do. I'll let you guys go down the line and introduce yourselves. Whoever wants to start. Which, oh, which one? Start this way. Oh, I'm Jen. Ladies first. <laughs> I'm Jen. I'm Kevin. I'm Drew. Uh, Jen, Kevin, Drew. Uh, thank you for joining me. Good to see you guys. Uh, how how are you? How was your day? <laughs> it it uh, it was a day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Feeling good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was long. It was a long day. Yeah. Very. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll have you know that this is uh, one of the latest episodes I've done. Um, is it? When you said yeah. alert originally, I was like, dang, this is going to be a late one. Yeah, I don't usually do them that late. I think that's like pretty much the latest I've gone. But I took a nap just to stay up for this. But I do normally work night shifts. Sure. But then I have a four year old. But we have a four year old. So then I'm up. I'm, I'm just screwed up, is what I'm trying to tell you. Like, well, Jen, I, I appreciate you getting uh, uh, <laughs> ahead. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> something like that. You know, yeah, like, like working on stuff in the basement right now, just fixing stuff. I, I I see you guys have a couple pets behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have oh, a cat. We have a cat. What's your cat's name? Chairman Meow. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's that's wholesome. Um, yeah, my my mom's a big cat lady, so she when she watches this, she's gonna really love this. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of uh, cat uh, uh, paraphernalia like around like like decorations and shit uh, like all over our house. So um, it's a nice touch. Um, yeah, guys, uh, what we talk about in Mister Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And so um, I obviously met you guys from the music scene. Uh, the first time uh, we met was at the Blue Unit uh, show at High Dive, which was almost two years ago at this point, uh, which is still weird to say out loud. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I really liked your show. Um, and obviously I would see you guys uh, out at shows beyond that. I've covered uh, Brief Candles' uh, last couple singles on Breaking and Entering, which I'm excited to talk about the new record. Um, Drew, do you play in any other projects? Um, yeah, I, uh, I play guitar in, uh, it, it's actually a college band of mine that uh, was kind of revived within the last couple of years called uh, Beaumont. It's a couple of my college buddies that live out in the Chicago Burbs, kind of, you know, 90s indie rock kind of stuff. Cool. Oh, uh, what suburbs? 
I'm from the suburbs of Chicago, so. Uh, Lombard. Okay. And uh, New Lenox. Oh, yeah. 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 I grew up like 20 minutes away from New Lenox. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, see? It's like you never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, from Illinois University kids, basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Where I was usually custom is uh, we have to take it back and hear a little bit about your guys' stories. So, Kevin, you're staring at me right in the middle here. So I'm going to I'm going to start with you. Uh, so, Kevin, uh, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Well, oh, we all grew up in the same area. Actually, we're all from. Uh, well, I'm from I guess we can get real specific. We're from the Peoria, Illinois area. We're all no three shit. Of them yeah. My I'm, aunt lives in Peoria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, nice. I'm from uh, I'm from Creve Coeur, Illinois. Okay. Uh, and uh, we just met. I don't, I don't know if it, I, I I I'm from Beacon, Illinois, and I met Kevin because we used to take guitar and bass lessons at the same place. Yeah, in Beacon. Yeah. And. Uh, in, in while school. we were in high school, yeah, and uh, so I was wanting to like join a band or start a band, and I asked the bass teacher who was there because I was taking guitar lessons. I asked the bass teacher like, "Hey, do you know anyone that would be into the same stuff I'm into?" And he's like, "You should talk to Kevin Dixon. He likes weird shit." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very much like hair metal dudes teaching. Yeah. like stuff and so i would bring in stuff for him to show me how to play on bass and he was just like whoa <laughs> <laughs> and then one day i got a phone call from him saying hey do you want to join a punk rock band nice and we've been playing in bands together ever since that was like was, was that mid to late 90s was it because we had that show it was like our first show and our guitar player had quit yeah, before our first show, he had already quit, and because yeah, because he was because, like, he was because really aware, <laughs> well, he he said we were never gonna book our we were never gonna book a show, and then the <laughs> second he quit, we got a show, and we were like, oh shoot, we need a band, we need a guitar player. And that's how it happened. You didn't know <laughs> like, hey, we booked a show. I think it's, we were kind of just pissed at yeah. him. I think we were done with him. It sounds like something that would happen in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's that's tight. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you guys, okay? So you guys are all fellow Illinoisans. I love that. Um, it's like a shared um, a shared bond. I feel with people because, like, not a lot of people are from where I'm from. I'm from the south suburbs. So I didn't meet Jen until uh, I kind of moved away and then come back. I came back to Peoria and then I met met Jen. And then that would have been 95, 96, 97, 97. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm from the same area. And uh, I've gone to Illinois State and I moved back to the area to figure out what I was going to do from there. <laughs> and uh, Kevin and I met, but he had, he had known my brother from playing in bands. My brother, um, in like uh goth punk bands 
uh, which is kind of like the only goth punk band in Peoria, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Um, if you were any band at all, you were the only band of oh, that, that time, type. of that yeah. type in Peoria. <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. There were so few musicians in yeah. Peoria that uh, there were a lot a of, there, there were a lot of like unusual combinations because you weren't going to find, you, you were almost never going to even find a punk drummer. Like, so you had to find, you had to make these concessions. It's like, okay, I want to start this band. Okay. Who else is here that can do that? And it was like nobody. It, okay, it, well, uh, you. I can only find metal guitar players to be in my goth band. But if the rare opportunity came for like Bob House to play in Peoria, I mean that band was going to get some. Oh band. yeah, I mean, yeah, no one yeah. sure. Was yeah, they were going to play. Yeah. So they, that, <laughs> no. not that they were going to do that, but you know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Where like everyone, because of the. Uh, um, the scarcity everyone kind of claims their territory in the sea yeah. and you make strange bedfellows that you wouldn't have otherwise yeah. made like oh i'll make this compromise to play with you because you like some maybe one thing i like and, and like, yeah and find out that you maybe like it even more yeah. or that there's a certain thing that you do like about it even more than you thought you did or you just like teach someone everything they need to know about yeah something. That definitely happens. Like you influence them. Yeah. To join. For sure. That's, yeah. that's what happened to me when I joined Brew Candles on bass. Because I, I knew absolutely nothing about shoegaze other than bands that I already knew that I had no idea were part of that scene. So Yeah, I was gonna say you you had that My Bloody Valentine too. I yeah, I had I had my bloody I knew my bloody Valentine and I knew like Starflyer 59 and like Morellis Forest. And I didn't know that those that was a thing. I didn't know that those were part of the scene. But I don't feel like I even I never listened to My Bloody Valentine or Ride or any of that sort of stuff. I'm the source vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I listened to totally different stuff, but it it, it was stuff that I remember we were we were playing in an early version of this band and I remember thinking, well, I don't even know what you guys are playing. I was playing drums at the time because I was originally the drummer. And I thought, well, I, I, I think I asked Matthew, who was our original guitar player, singer, I asked him, I was like, I'm playing pretty rock and roll stuff. Is that appropriate for what we're, what we're doing? And he's like, he's like, wow, you really, I, I can't remember what he said exactly, but he was like, yes, yes, this is all, this is all very appropriate. Well, I mean, in your defense, like, uh, well, in your defense, like, we met, like, our common ground was bands like Helium. Helium was big. Uh, no, like, noisier indie rock bands, like, Sebado or Superchunk or whatever. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, those, those bands of that era. And, um, so. Yeah, and he was really in, they were both kind of into math rock and Polo. played in a math rock band. And uh, so that's kind of where our common ground sure. was. But when we first met, he told me that he had just moved back to Peoria because he, <laughs> <laughs> he had just quit this band that was pretty successful that he had moved away for. Yeah, I wanted and, to be a rock and roll star. And uh, he told me 
the band and it was mustard plug and I started to laugh really hard and I was like oh yeah I know that band they suck <laughs> yeah um, I was in mustard plug he was in mustard like plug for like a year as like a, a sax saxophone player yeah, yeah. originally it was a trombone player out on the warp tour and like yeah, live in the dream living in the dream wow damn but, yeah, he's reformed from that. So yeah, are there still? Uh, can you still find the band's stuff? They tour. They tour to this day. They're oh, like, they're 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 big in the ska world. In the ska, oh. in the third wave ska world. It's that's like, probably why I don't know them. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, they make more money on one show than we've made our like, entire career. People constantly are like, this <laughs> I'll talk to them like, wait, you were in Mustard Pad? <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah. the, the shameful yet, uh, yeah, it, it yeah, uh, it was a great experience. Yeah, yeah, those guys are, yeah, nice. I mean, I'm sure, I'm like, nice, yeah, yeah, I just, I mean, thing. but like, that, I was like, yeah, oh, okay. But he moved mostly because he wanted to play in other projects too, and they were like, "No, you shouldn't do that." And like, oh, you mean mustard plug? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They didn't really want me to leave. They were kind of little. I think they were a little angry at me for leaving. Yeah. But whatever. It's not cool. It's not cool now. But I, yeah. This guy um, that I knew um, gave me a tape of Gang of Four, and I'd never heard Gang of Four in my life. And, uh, or I, I had, but I hated it. But uh, he gave me this tape of it and I was like, this stuff is awesome. And um, that was like, all I could think about was this tape of Gang of Four. And I was like, I'm gonna start this band. When I get to, down to Peoria, it's gonna be Gang of Four, totally. And uh, that didn't happen, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still happy that I, that I left because I was like listening to a lot of other stuff and I really didn't wanna. Did yeah. you guys uh, see Gang of Four when they were at Shank? Like, what was it, two years ago? <laughs> no. No. Because mainly because it's probably at Shank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I wouldn't have, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not very fond of that place, but it would have been cool to see them. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, I've definitely seen shows at Shank that I. Oh, yeah, yeah. We saw Mission of Burma. Mission there. of Burma yeah. there. That was, that was good. Great. Uh, but big business, big business. That was a good show. That was a really good show. But yeah, Shane Paul. I saw like, psychedelic furs there. Looked like carrots. We <laughs> <laughs> got divorced immediately afterwards. <laughs> every like, once every like, couple months they'll have a show there that like I'd be like, oh, that would be pretty cool to see. Yeah. But we're kind of glossing all over the place here. Um, yeah, that's okay though. It's fun. Yeah, we're not very good. At that yeah. I'm having, I'm still having a, I'm having a ball. I'm having fun. Okay. You guys are hangoutable. I like that. Right. <laughs> um, I've only ever seen you guys at shows, so it's nice to like actually chat. Anyway, you know. Um, well, so um, what were your guys like first bands you were ever in? Uh, well, Drew and I were in the band, uh, our for early punk band, uh, it was called DWM. It was just, it's just awful. It's just, man, I tried to listen to it. I, I, just, I haven't even tried. Just so bad, man. Yeah. Just so bad. Embarrassingly bad. <laughs> I, I, there, there's, there's this like book coming out about like the whole, like 
80s and 90s Peoria punk scene. And I kind of hope that we're completely omitted from it because we were so fucking bad. I think we might be. Good. I don't know. I don't know. Good. We we did not deserve to exist. That's how bad we were. (laughs) But it was was good times, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I met a lot of people doing it. And I mean, that's really the best thing I can say about it. My... My first band was essentially Ish Brief Candles, my first real band. Um, Kevin and I played with another couple. Uh, we were called Trabi Escape, and it was more, it was two gays, but it was like noise pop too. And um, that kind of morphed into Brief Candles. That couple got a divorce, and it was very complicated, but um, it kind of morphed into Brief Candles. So that's kind of been my main thing. I mean, uh, I would play around with other people. I worked at this movie theater when I was going to Illinois State and we would like uh, hide all our equipment behind uh, the like this uh, black area of the theater and then we'd pull it out at night and play like in the movie theater. That was pretty fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. uh, but yeah, that was the, the first band I ever played out in or did anything with was uh, an incarnation essentially of Greek band. Oh. Yeah, um, that early band, Trombie Escape, was me playing drums, Jun playing guitar, and then the couple that, that were married um, played bass and guitar. And, and then, yeah, and then Matthew, uh, they both sang essentially. And so when uh, that kind of disbanded, Big Candles morphed into Matthew still was singing. And then when Matthew left, or whatever you want to say about that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he left for a little while and uh, came back. Yeah, but like when when we parted ways uh, as musicians, anyway, um, then we were like, well, one of us has to sing. So I did reluctantly, and uh, yeah, and yeah. We, just we played like that. we played one show as a three piece. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and then and then and then we got our our other guitar player. Um, Ryan, who was in the band for a little while, and then when we basically when we were going to move to Milwaukee, we 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 decided we wanted to move away from Peoria, and so um, we had a couple of spots open up that we thought, oh, we can move here, we can move there. We really didn't even really didn't care. I mean, all cities of this size basically have all the same pitfalls and all the same good qualities and all this, they're all the, they're all basically the same with just a little bit of like local flavor thrown in there and uh and so we wound up in milwaukee and uh and when we did that um our other guitar player was like i'm not going to move to milwaukee i don't remember if he it, it wasn't that he didn't want to move he was just young. He was going to go. Yeah, he was. He was a little bit younger than us, and uh, and so he just kind of took a different path. And then we got a different drummer, and I moved to guitar. I see. Okay. What? So, uh, how long have you guys been in Milwaukee now? We moved oh, here in October two thousand three. So a while. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. A little while. Uh, we we formed in. 99 or was it 2000 mm-hmm. I, I joined in late 99 we'll say and at, at that point the the name had officially changed to brief candles we and called the circle sky yeah and okay. uh there the the guy who was playing bass at the time was an x-factor 
<laughs> so I joined temporarily. <laughs> well, yeah. And, yeah, that's and, right. You just happened to own a base. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, here I am in 2021. <laughs> nice, nice. So, yeah, and then shortly after I joined, maybe a year or so, is when you moved from drums to guitar because we got rid of our singer slash lead guitar player, and then we got our other drummer. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we, we, we actually had like a, a single or like a, a whatever, it, it was never like officially released, but we had like a little thing that we did um, with me playing drums, or with me, with Matthew singing. Yes. That was yeah, called Breathe. A, a two-song single. Yeah, yeah. We never the released CDR. it officially. <laughs> what, was, um, what was Milwaukee, like the scene like uh, when you guys first got here? It was very garage and metal. Yeah. And it was a lot of rockabilly happening at the time. Mm -hmm. I would also characterize it as like a little bit like closed off. Mm -hmm. It just seemed like it was almost like there was almost like a distrust of outsiders. Because when we first got here, we had a rough, we had a pretty rough go. And actually we we had to we had to um we had to book shows outside of Milwaukee. Because we, and, and, and there was a reason for that. I mean, like, uh, honestly, if we did play a show in Milwaukee, that nobody was going to come out for us at all. Like, we had no, we had no, like, we had no support or anything like that. And very so, friend city. yeah, it was a very friend city. And we didn't realize that. I mean, we were just blown away by the fact that there was a bar that would play anything that we even remotely liked. I mean, we were kind of giddy on that, I think, yeah. for a little bit. Um, but then kind of the long slog of kind of always being on the outside looking in was, was a bit tough, but I mean, we, 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 we just decided to look outwards. So actually we played a lot in Chicago and, uh, and, uh, where else did we play? We kind of played all over the place. Yeah, we did all yeah, Kansas City and all over like the Midwest. Sure. Yeah. It, it, it almost seemed like you had to prove yourself outside of the city to have anyone care inside the city, which yeah. is kind of yeah. strange. But yeah, there's just kind of um, I don't know. It was it was very very strange. I mean, there's a lot of welcoming people, but yeah, mm -hmm. as a rule, we you know it, it, the the city like this. It's always very. Um, it's always very, uh, it always looks to whatever band was successful in that city. So like, if you look at Kansas City, like Shiner was a big deal. And so you, you can find probably five bands that sound like Shiner in Kansas City. But like in Milwaukee at the time, it was just the mistreaters were like a big deal. And so there were so many garage bands because of that, because mistreaters were, had some degree of success you know, they, it was like, that was like deeply rooted in there. And it's, it's the same thing with every, every city of this size. It's like, you know, there's this band and not anymore. I don't think that exists anymore. I think yeah. all of that, the, the internet has like at that time period, the internet wasn't the dominant force yet. True. Yeah. And it, and it was becoming that. And now I don't think like say, cities don't even matter. I would say though, weirdly, maybe like 2011 or so, like 
all of a sudden there are all these like kids that were showing up that like stuff that we like that we've been playing forever yeah <laughs> like yeah that was and, weird. Like, uh, and i yeah. and that definitely like <clears throat> that's definitely a direct uh result of like the internet expansion and the digital streaming for sure it was like i mean i like a lot of the stuff you guys like but i wouldn't have found it if it weren't for the spotify rabbit holes i go on you know like back then it's all like i imagine i mean obviously like i was only a kid at that point but i can imagine like you know in the pre you know streaming service age you could like like all the scenes kind of model themselves off of just kind of what they're exposed to and now like the lines are so blurred and you know people can share and promote themselves in such vast ways and uh and i like it that way but also like it's also just as easy to compare yourself to others too with the internet (laughs) yeah you know, it, it's like, I feel like you gain and lose something because in some ways, like there, there was something nice where it seemed like cities had kind of like sound. Um, yeah. But, you know. I think that just kind of morphs and changes over time. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Damn. So yeah, I know you guys dropped a couple albums as brief candles, and then your last EP was uh, was that New House? Um, New we, House, and then we had an album after we that. Had, we had an album after that called Retreater. Oh, that was put out. It was digital only. It was digital only. We did like one tour for it, and then actually, 2020, we were going to release it. Or we we did we do actually have them. We were going to release it. As, a, as on vinyl and we were going to do a tour to support it and uh then 2020 happened and now we just have a bunch of records and actually that's what we were starting today it's we were we we're trying to manufacture a performance that we can oh, play okay i'm know. piecing this all together now <laughs> um, yeah it's like i was basing off of just like what i saw on uh, on like the streaming services sure. yeah but oh yeah, yeah. So, so we never, we never, we never got. Um, I never got control of our Spotify account. Not, not because I can't, but because I just don't want to. <laughs> I, it's it's, it's it, admitting admitting that Spotify exists is kind of like hard for me sometimes. So I, I so because of that, um, um, Retreater has is not up on Spotify. But I, I should probably put it up there. That it's. Uh, it's a way people find stuff <laughs> yeah our drummer lives in colorado so that's like another whole roof campus drummers in colorado that's a whole yeah. another um obstacle that for for touring or like promoting things because we were going to do this um we're going to try to do this live um thing where we were all playing together for these songs. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and then we kinda, I don't know, we were a little overzealous about it and we realized, yeah, that probably isn't a great idea yet. Like, you know, at the The time we tried to figure out at the the time we had most of us hadn't had shots. Well none of us no, we had a shot. But the rest of us hadn't had shots and things like that. The logistics got scarier and scarier as as time got closer <laughs> and 
we figured out how logistically impossible it was going to be to do it safely safely like even at like a 50 percent safety rate yeah. so yeah it, it just didn't materialize so we're 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 on plan d yeah, yeah, or D yeah, or something, something like that. I mean, we already practice online, so um, yeah, we, we're we, just trying to. The practicing it. online helped us. Helps we were us. already doing that for like years before yeah. the pandemic. So it was funny too because um, right around the time that the pandemic hit and nobody else could could do practicing, like there must have been a flood of people that all of a sudden found this online practicing world that we had been part of for a really long time, and then oh, yeah. it, it like crashed the servers like you couldn't we i bet we couldn't practice for like three months yeah while, while the companies who who made these these uh these online rehearsal yeah. spaces got their servers up to spec and now i'll tell you how many emails i got from people being like how do you guys do it you know yeah yeah you guys are doing it before it was cool yeah, yeah. Exactly. before it was a necessity yeah, yeah. 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 yeah yeah i know a lot of, of followers <laughs> <laughs> right trendsetters yeah 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 totally. covid influencers yeah <laughs> oh yeah do it for the culture yeah. so so that being said yeah um uh i'd love to hear kind of just about like uh what you guys wanted to do with this record when you were creating it when retreater was uh was a group of songs that um like okay <laughs> uh like okay this, so this is my my opinion on the thing um ever since we've started we've always had um other influences other than shoegaze that have kind of set us um like everybody thinks that they're totally different we're not like you know super ultra original we're not the inventors of anything but i always felt like the fact that we were always really really into noise pop um all of us were and i felt like it was always a, a, a kind of a little uniqueness of our sound and i think with retreater we took more of the of that and the kind of post-punk stuff that we always loved and i feel like we we really pulled that along with with the shoegaze element that we had always had so we, we really made more of a of a of a stew of, of of the songs and i felt like it was kind of a turning point where we had kind of been like we, we've always been in this weird situation where we're not shoegaze enough for some for for people and yet we're we're too shoegaze for other people and so it's like it, and so it always I don't think it ever, I, don't, I wouldn't say that it ever hurt us or anything like that, but it was always like, you could tell that there were these people that were ready for a shoegaze, you know, thing. And then we got up there and we were just like huge disappointment. And then like the exact opposite though would happen too, where somebody was like, oh man, another shoegaze band. And then we'd get up there and we'd play in afterwards and be like, wow, I thought you guys were just going to be a shoegaze well, band, but like, in, the, in the later years of shoegaze, Cat like, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we first started, there weren't it's really true. that many shoegaze bands doing mm -hmm. it still or starting. So yeah. I feel like 
when we first started, it was like, oh, what, what, is, what is that? Or, oh, you guys oh, worship yeah. my bloody Valentine. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. We were like treated like we were cookie cutter shoegaze, which we weren't yeah. at all. Yeah. And then we would always get put with bands that were like very post rock or like yeah. radio head or interval and things. And then as shoegaze kind of rekindled itself then we were like yeah you're you're really not shoegaze <laughs> yeah we weren't shoegaze enough yeah. then all of a sudden uh, yeah. we're so, always just on the edge of, of, yeah. of everything we're and I, yeah. yeah i like but i like that about you guys though like i like treading you treading the lines between a lot <laughs> of those different things and then we're just playing what we like but you know there right. were, yeah exactly there were there were bands doing that sort of stuff it's not like we're we're not trailblazers at all i keep thinking about how we were really into this band the ropers like that we loved and they were very much like they rode that edge like early 90s stuff um and and you know just tons of bands like that all those noise pop bands like like a rocket ship. Yeah, and there's and, a lot of bands that are into and that sort of stuff. Krautrock. Yeah, I mean, they all exist. Just <clears throat> it's the filter of whoever's listening to it. Yeah, exactly. What they think you are. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Totally. And so, and there's all these little elements that certain people pick up on and others don't, and it really varies from person to person, like what they end up thinking that we are just from their own frame of reference and i think i think that the the retreater record in general was like it, it was the first record that we had put out that i felt like um our, our our drummer he was uh integral to the the songwriting with the ep that he played on a lot of those songs had been started already or we had kind of like you know, finagled things, or or I had an idea for a drum beat or whatever. But the the album actually was it seemed like it was more him, and it, it really incorporated like what he added to to everything. It, it was it was very much a different a different us in general. Well, I was really excited about it. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't really sit back and just do what our previous drummer had done either. He when he came in, he like rewrote all the drum parts to suit his style. And it actually really forced me as a bass player to redo everything that I was doing um, because he was focused more on the song as a whole and what he felt should be there as opposed to um, what people were doing previously with us, which was just like, I'm just going to push this thing along <laughs> and it's, it's going to be, you know, full bore all the time. So yeah, I had to change the way that I played our old songs. We, we had gotten so used to that. So when we, when we met him and we, we decided to give him a shot, uh, the first couple of practices, we were like, what is this guy doing, man? Cause he would just sit there and he would just like, just like tap on the drums and he was just like listening it was basically like us playing a, a like a an acoustic version of the song with like all these pedals and stuff going on and it was like what's happening right now and it was it was really strange and then all, and then one day he just showed up to the, like one of the practices and he just like all right and then he just came in and it was like whoa what the heck it was like it yeah. was like it was like 
it's like one of those stories where the band's talking about how, you know, the singer didn't ever sing. So all they ever did was hear the song, just them playing it musically. And then, and then they got to hear the recording and then here's the vocalist, you know, like, oh, I didn't even know this was the vocal melody. Nobody gets to hear of, the solos, it's yeah, all overdubs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was kind of like, it was kind of like these songs that we knew and we'd been playing. And then here's this person's interpretation to it, just like, it was kind of, uh, some of it was jarring uh, and took a little bit of getting used to, but um, most of it was like, yeah, awesome. It, it was really a, a breath of, of a breath of fresh air because what we were missing before was, I mean, there was a lot of bombast and that suited what we were doing at the time, but like the subtle like nuances and dynamics weren't there. And like all of a sudden, like there they were. So it was just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was a challenge to integrate it, but it was, it was wholly worth it. And to have somebody that's not just on autopilot feeling like this is what I should be doing as a drummer and having somebody who's like actually paying attention to the songwriting process and, and putting themselves into it is, uh, it's a real, it's a real blessing to be honest. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, it was very instinctual. Well, he was, he was very set in his ways and he had very specific things that and he, he was not, not, he wasn't like combative or anything like that. He was very concerned about like, like what we were trying to do and everything. But uh, he had like, he, you know, he wasn't some, he wasn't some kid. He knew, he knew who he was. He knew who he was. He liked right. And I think, I think that's one of the reasons why it works so much. I think if we'd gotten somebody that was kind of wishy-washy or not wishy-washy, but just somebody like, that was like a, a drum teacher type of person. <laughs> just yeah. somebody who didn't know who he they was were. very rigid, like very rigid, you know. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. has a drum, he has a drum style. Yeah. But he uh, is adaptable with the style. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It really helped emphasize certain parts of us that weren't as apparent with the songwriting before, like especially the post-punk aspect of what we were doing. Mm -hmm. it, it really kind of brought that out in, into the forefront more. Yeah, cool. As just like a really avid music consumer, but also trying to pay attention to like, you know, the personality of the artists playing it, like... I'm very much like I don't really subscribe to the whole genre purism as it is, um, and I think it's it's dying out. You know, like I think genre culture is sort of dying slowly. It's fizzling, and well, just, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I do too. <laughs> it's just like music was never meant to be so stratified. Um. So it's it's dope that you know you guys are just incorporating a lot of different ideas in a cohesive way. Um, I'm curious where the uh, the title came from. <laughs> Retreater. Yeah. Uh, I just had a dream, and then I woke up and said, "That's the title." And <laughs> it was it was wait I I can't remember was it a stressful dream or like was yeah. it like. You, 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 it was a dream where the album was finished. I don't really remember anything about the dream other than I woke up and was like, Retreater. I, I remember laughing. I woke up laughing and was like, Retreater. That's the name of the album. Yeah. 
that's all I really want. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was like it was like I had a dream that we were completely done with the record. It was awesome. It sounded amazing. And you were like, and I don't remember anything about it or what it sounded like or anything like that. And I was like, oh, do you remember anything? And you're like, I remember the the title. It was Retreater. Which <laughs> and I was in, like, oh, that's a good name. In it's like maybe I'm very like Psychic, you know, <laughs> pandemic and whatnot. But, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and so, you guys also, um, I don't remember, was it Dimmer or a Trace where you guys did the music video? Both. Yeah, we, we did the, the music video for those two and then we, and then uh, tape deck. Oh, okay. Sure. And those are all on a. Oh, yeah. Uh, an album that's forthcoming at some point. Yeah, yeah. that's the one we're we're currently like working on. Okay, sure. Oh, all right, all right. I got you. Something kind of uh, weird. Yeah. Well, we had, before before the pandemic, we had recorded. Um, our, our drummer was in town, and we recorded uh, some stuff just because he was in town and we could. And uh, and then we've been kind of riding on that, really, uh, through this pandemic. We wanted to put out more stuff, but you know, we're surprisingly enough, we're very busy. <laughs> yeah. We're very busy, so it's hard. And I've been wanting to do videos, which is something I've always we've always kind of like. I never really thought that I could make a video. I felt like. It was beyond, uh, like, kind of our capabilities. But technology has. Yeah, but technology has made it so easy that I was just like, well, you know, I, I would get, I get tired. We we've tried to have videos before, and we've talked to people, and we'd say, well, this is what we're kind of like into, and we would show them all these visuals, like things that we liked, like I like this or I like that, and then, um, and then they'd come back and they'd show us something, and we'd be like, what? No, um, you know, and it's like it's at, at a certain point it got it got kind of frustrating to just like constantly be trying to coach somebody through like what you're after, and so I thought, well, I had a very specific idea in my head for dimmer, and I was like, I'm just going to try this, and so I just asked some people if I could find a, a gimbal, <laughs> and this guy loaned me a gimbal, and I was like. All right, let's try this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I mean, that's cool. Like that uh, you have, you have such like a, a vivid approach to like what you want the video to look like. What was the, which one was the one where Jen's uh, walking through the uh, forest? That's a trace. Okay. Yeah. Where, um, where was that? Uh, it was two different locations mixed. Uh, one was uh, the St. Francis Seminary, the, the cemetery out there. Uh, yeah, in, in, uh, on the south side. On the south side. Yeah. But the, the more in, I don't know, the, there's a... Um, there's the a, one with the, the pond. The one with the pond, that's probably the more interesting one. It's... Um, Oh shit! It's the name. I can't. I can't remember what it's called. It's it's a it's like paradise 
Springs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds right. It's, it's like out near Eagle. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's sure. it's an it's like an abandoned um, resort where there's like a spa. There was, there, a spa, there was like a, it's like a bathhouse that's like not there. It's kind of like abandoned looking. Like the whole the whole area is like some place where they, I think in the eighteen like eighteen hundreds nineteen hundreds like they had some resort where people go for it. And it's so weird because it's, it's really like, cool. It's cool, but but there's yeah. like there's like, like the, the world. <laughs> there's like kind of, yeah. there's like a. a there's like the remnants of this building, but all it is is the the the, the foundation of the building. I was like, what happened here? Yeah, like it's it's Did almost it like an, it's almost like it exploded. <laughs> it just doesn't exist anymore. I don't know. It, like we we went there. I don't know. I was looking at like day trip. To, you know, we went out there, and uh, I don't know. It was it was nice, interesting, different. Yeah. And I always liked like early REM videos and stuff where it's like very in the you know forest looking countryside yeah. but like well, that I, kind of urban decay yeah. style, you know so I don't know, it's, it's yeah. cool you should go out there yeah I, I, I would love to yeah um, I'll let you know. send me the place marker I'll go there we didn't film a video there but I really liked was uh, uh are you talking about the the uh as have you or something like that it's oh, uh, the, uh early early it's like uh, a it's like an early yeah it's like a very primitive Native i shot American. i shot some stuff yeah there. um but this is cool if, too i don't know if it ever made yeah, it in. Uh, I'll, I'll send you that too i think you'd like yeah it. yeah well i've been i've definitely been getting more into like the uh the day trips and personal photography uh, and stuff like that so I, yes i, I nice dig that get away and, yeah. oh yeah definitely especially <laughs> during these times i yeah. and and i really liked that video um we featured it on the writer's room mm -hmm. uh last summer thanks you're welcome <laughs> I, <laughs> well it, i i really liked just uh it felt I liked like just the image quality that you guys uh, manipulated the just the scenery with. Um, it just felt very like uh, like a bittersweet nostalgia almost, uh, which I definitely feel when I like walk through like uh, um, like if I were to walk through like my old like childhood memories or something like that. You know what? I I enjoyed it so. Um, yeah, I, I had the I had the uh, uh, um, it, I had shot all this stuff um, for the video, and I hadn't really thought about how it was all going to go together or what it was going to look like. Um, but um, I just put the song in, and I was trying to mess with stuff, and I found myself. I think it was it was when um, it was when the bass solo was happening. I, I started to do that kind of like almost like. Um, it kind of closes and then kind of opens up and like goes to black and everything. And I had this idea that it was like this, this almost like waking dream kind of thing. And and I think that that was where I that was where things kind of really started to to, to kind of fit together. Because because with Dimmer, I had that that was in my head, like shot for shot, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to do it, and a trace. I remember 
I was even thinking about making the video and, and Jen's like, well, we'll have to make two videos. And it's like two videos. I've never made one. And so, <laughs> so it was like, it was kind of like, I just started shooting stuff and then it just kind of all started to happen when I put it in the context of the song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like that. Uh, Imagery is a big deal for me with uh, sound and texture. So I, uh, yeah, I connected with it. Um, that being said, you know, with these, uh, so with the series of songs you guys have dropped in the last year, uh, yeah, what are you guys planning under Brief Candles? Well, I mean, it's hard to plan anything. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't, we don't know what things are going to look like. I mean, uh, people we know are talking about oh yeah they'll probably be doing this or probably doing that and everything and and while i i mean we before covid i mean i felt extremely confident that i could book us a tour pretty much anywhere anywhere we wanted to go in the u.s certainly you know and um um now it's kind of like i don't know what is going to what it's going to be like when the floodgates kind of open up is it going to be is it going to be such a free-for-all that you could get anything you want or is it going to be such a free-for-all that everything's going to be like booked up by the larger places and and you're not going to be able to to make way or anything like that but i think yeah, ultimately it's going to be left ultimately ultimately when, when things kind of settle out um, what I'd like to see is is the new a new record, and and um, I well originally we were going to do a West Coast tour, and I'd like to do another one because we haven't been to the West Coast in a really long time. I don't I think we don't we don't talk in terms of plans until um, <laughs> I never know. I feel like I have to like just sit down and go. This is what we're going to do, and and then we're gonna, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> you know? I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah I, I, but yeah, essentially, yeah. I mean, I want to see it come out as a vinyl record. Um, and then I want to just tour in support of it. Like, kind of like always, but I think maybe I'd like to see more videos because I think those, those helped a little bit. And, uh, well, we always and then obviously, I think so slow about doing anything. We were yeah. like, well, this is, we'll put out like a, I think initially it was like a song a month, but the video, we're like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> like, we but, tried, man. but we did pretty good there for a while. Um, yeah. But then we kind of, after the hol around the holidays and stuff, we kind of lost it. We lost, we lost that momentum. But we, yeah. we, so like, we probably put out like half the album. Uh, well, no, it wasn't no. half. Okay, maybe like a third of the album. Yeah, yeah. Those videos and stuff, and then we have like this walls of material that we need to finish um, before we can even talk about. Yeah. That, but at this point, we're like, well, yeah, we have this album that we're sitting on literally in our house, like it's under this couch now. Yeah, it's close. Uh, it's close <laughs> yeah. uh, that that we'd like to, you know, also promote and get get um, out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as as you guys are saying, I mean, like 
it's really hard to put your expectations anywhere. Yeah. It's been a hellscape getting through the last year. So it's kind of just like, you know, when it happens when it happens, but you know, it's uh kind of looking at playing like a show. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, honestly, for how how long is it gonna take to actually get a vinyl pressed and, and back to us? You know. Oh yeah, for sure. With all the delays and stuff that has been happening, and, and even then, how long is it going to take for all that to get shipped? <laughs> yeah, it, it, everything's up in the air. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. Well, I'd love to shift shift gears a little bit. Um, talk a little bit about Blue Unit. So my understanding is that this project, you guys just kind of you you shift instruments. Um, you kind of, you know, move around a little bit. Um, so I'd love to hear kind of how the uh, how the project uh, kind of came to be, how it got conceived. Well, I originally what what the idea was, the whole thing was our drummer lives in Colorado for brief candles, and I had this idea. Well, maybe we just start this band that can play the odd weird show here in Milwaukee and also I have this but like for me anyway it didn't turn out like this but it would be like a band where where if we needed to get to Colorado we could play like one or two shows like just this this offshoot band just to get to our drummer and then and then continue on as brief candles and then that was like well I don't know. I don't know about that. And then, and then, then the idea kind of morphed into, well, like, okay, let's have this other band and we'll, we'll find a drummer. And we kind of, we, I think we, cause we had tried Brock out as brief candles drummer and we liked it a lot, mm -hmm. but it wasn't exactly brief candles. Mm -hmm. And so, but we were like, this could work. And then we just thought if we cater it to him, Brock just kind of wanted to hang out and like drink and hang out with us. And Talk about just... Brock Corley, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, Dude, I of... love Rum Revere so oh, much. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's an amazing musician and a great yeah. guy. Like, but like, we were like kind of like trying out drummers and he, he showed up and we're like, okay, well, we have all this back material as brief candles, and he didn't care to try to learn any of it. <laughs> so, like, he was just like, we showed just up. Kind of, yeah, we session. just had a jam and played, and we're like, okay, well, all right, well, brief candles drummer. Right. He's, yeah, he, <laughs> he, he actually tried to uh, note the songs and and played them and like he had a little bit more of the oomph that we needed for the candles but i mean brock is a really natural drummer and so easy to play with but he kind of came over just like yeah let's just play some songs i was like well that would be great if we were starting a new band <laughs> but we already have this band that has existed for a while so um when it came time to like oh we'll, we'll just find someone to play with us i was like oh we'll just have brock come over and it was 
he's just he's really fun. So and it's very natural. It's very but, easy. And then we just kind of switched around. We we didn't want to we didn't want to be playing the same instrument because yeah. we wanted it to be different enough. Different enough. Yeah. Stretch our legs a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And 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 so we just kind of all like took a rotation. And so we all and I and I had I had had a, a Fender Rhodes in the basement for a long time, and so and and even though and I don't think Juno too, yeah, the Juno for a long time, so I was just like, well, I'll just play keyboards. I need a reason to learn how to play keyboards. Anyway. Yeah, it was. I needed a reason just to justify owning all the guitar gear that I had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of good because, like, uh, in terms of reef candles, like it kind of opened up the whole synth stuff that we do more of now that we weren't really doing because like yeah. we owned that Juno forever and yeah we don't it for like really 10, 10 plus years and I never learned never bothered to learn how to use yeah, it. I just it's fun and then we can we can trade with uh friends for local shows that otherwise it would be very difficult to organize like uh and and I don't like being the kind of people that are like you know when you get contacted and you're like oh yeah I can't do that because my drummer's gonna <laughs> blah 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 you know you know in some band especially if they're like really good or if they're really like nice and you're like man I wish I really wish I could help this band out you know and you know you can you can always contact or refer people but you never know how that stuff's gonna work out so I thought. This might be a really, really cool idea you know, to help people out that wouldn't get contacted and stuff. Because I don't, I don't want to ever seem like, like we're trying to be too good because we're not too good for it. <laughs> we're not, you know. I really hate it because I mean I've been on the other end of that where we're trying to like, you know, I'm like booking a show in a city and I'm just trying to find some local support. Or, you get all those emails where like, oh yeah, I can't get the time off work, and just like I didn't want to hear. Your, I didn't. Yeah, I don't want to hear your. <laughs> oh yeah, your I, hate, story I hate and, that shit so much. Yeah, it's just it's just so awful, and you know, I mean, for us, for our drummer, uh, our guitar player is in Japan right now. Dude, yeah, like know, I didn't right? ask. Yeah. Doing a solo electronic ambient project. For us, for us anymore, a lot of a lot of playing music is wrapped up in personal relationships like we know people in these cities and they're really good friends of ours and when we go there you were talking about how i don't think I, you've had a conversation with us that wasn't at a show and i was immediately thought well i can think of like you know 20 people that I only see them in shows, and we all we do is talk about. I wish we just hung out, like in, like yeah. not every show, you know. No kidding. Or, yeah. Whatever, or or you know, we'll do a small stint with a band, and we'll have a day off or whatever, and it'll just be like amazing, just to like actually hang out with them instead of like, you know, having that sort of stuff. So anyway, what I was getting at is like a lot of this is like uh, uh, personal relationships and friends, and that, that that's paramount just just, just having fun being with people that you like their music and 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 that's it and because i mean like honestly who's going to be successful playing what we play yeah. <laughs> yeah well i mean that being said like i'm serious i really fucking love your ep <laughs> like it's really good i really like it i, I listen to arbitrary time all the time 
<laughs> at, at arbitrary times, I listen to arbitrary. <laughs> um, it's meant for these arbitrary times. It is, yeah. Well, I remember, like, when I, you guys played that song at High Dive, and, like, um, I remember, like, looking, like, I glanced over at, like, the crowd, and, like, people were dancing, like, with some really eccentric dance moves, and oh, it was... For West, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that, yeah, well, um, but I love From Above, too, uh, uh, Drop, that's the last song. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like that song a lot, too. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it flows really well. Um, and so I imagine, like, this this body of work was just kind of like, uh, sort of like the first batch of what you guys are working on at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, with the pandemic, I would say Blue Unit really hasn't played, I mean, there, there hasn't been shows to for us to have to practice or do something. And then, um, you know, Ruth Candles doing the online stuff has kept us going, uh, but Blue Unit doesn't do online stuff. So I, hopefully we'll get, you know, more, Brock will get back uh, a shot. <laughs> we we, we talked to it. I think we talked to Brock one time and we were like, what would you think about online practicing? Maybe I talked to him about this. And I feel like he was just like, I don't have, I don't have time with any of that. Yeah. <laughs> I, love I, how, I, I love how his profile picture on Facebook is Stan Laurel. Yeah. Yeah, he's very much an old soul. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's like a couple songs that we had started on and kind of shelved um, before all, all of this shit went down. Well, it wasn't, and we didn't shelve them. We just, we just <laughs> didn't have any plays anymore. They're, they're, they're good songs. <laughs> there was one that got shelved and then there was another one that was like still kind of half developed. Oh, I guess there was one. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm, I'm really hoping that soon hopefully we could get together and start working on some stuff but i mean the, the just trying to accomplish all the stuff that we're trying to do with getting the brief candle record out and having some semblance of, a, of an actual live performance to to keep people interested <laughs> and yeah. give them something to look at other than just throwing a record at them mm -hmm. um you know i I, I want to get that I want to get that done and out there and not that I want to get it just like out of the way but it it, <laughs> it would it would be really cool to to be able to put some effort in on some other stuff too yeah. but you know the the pandemic has just been very prohibitive for for any of that kind of stuff right now so just being being patient and I don't know. I'm yeah trying to keep my guitar chops up, and it's not really <laughs> happening. <laughs> well, I well, what you're saying, Drew, like definitely, like it rings true. Because I mean, I've had this conversation on on this show a couple times now with several different artists, where we're talking about um, like what are bands like sets gonna look like uh once shows are a thing again like is it gonna yeah. be all because a lot of people are working on a lot of new shit 
um, or they've been, you know, it's like writing and, and doing personal stuff is all they really can do right now. So like, yeah, when, when shows are a thing again, like I'm interested in just how artists are going to kind of pick back up where it's like, are we going to bring back a bunch of old songs or are our sets going to be all new shit that no one's ever heard before? That is yeah. going to be an interesting territory to navigate. I've been kind of thinking about that too, because it's like, you know, we, we've got enough new material for a whole record, but we also want to get the vinyl release of the last record out there <laughs> yeah. and yeah. promote kind of both at the same time. So yeah. it's, I think it's going to kind of end up being 50 50 for us when we do get this, this visual presentation in whatever form it ends up being out there. Um, just, I mean, and, and, and to be honest, I mean, the, the new stuff, I kind of see it as a continuation of the direction that we were going in with Retreater. So I, I kind of feel like it, it goes together well, but yeah. um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a nice cohesive thing and, and like, you know, some of it's going to be familiar and some of it isn't. And I hope that people are just- Nah, burn down all the old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, four I, times. I yeah. Four times. Put all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think people are going to be thirsty enough. They for, only want for news post for, pandemic. To hear something We're that, post pandemic. That's our yeah. genre. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I kind of hope it's not going to be like the crowd that's going to be like, oh, well, I was hoping you'd play more stuff off of your first record where people aren't even in the band anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit, so. Yeah, I, I do think about I do think about not 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 about about like the material aspect, but I you were you were talking about how like um, like what is it going to look like to play shows, and I have a feeling that that initially people are going to want it to be exactly the way it was before, oh, yeah. like like we didn't yeah. miss a beat. This is exactly what it is, right. and I, but, but then I think I think that it's going to come off like almost. I don't think it's going to come off the same way and i think i think something new is going to happen with the way you know like shows or clubs operate and i mean i hope yeah because honestly the format was yeah. a little stale and and like like uh and like has been a problem with Milwaukee for a really long time or, or just cities of this size in general is that there's a lot of people who listen to really good music, but they don't go to shows. They don't, they don't go, they don't want to go out. They don't want to go to a club. Man. You know? They like, they like really cool stuff Man. and they would probably <laughs> like any of the music happening in the city, but they don't go out. Yeah. And, and so, and so I, I don't my get hope it. Is, my hope is that, is that, is that whatever new thing happens, and maybe this is all a catalyst for that, that people decide that having the experience of seeing live music on a small scale comes back as a thing that people want. I will say, uh, when, uh, many years ago, Kevin and I bought a couch off Craigslist, okay? <laughs> I can't believe you've been telling this. <laughs> really? No, no, it's awesome. It it's makes cool. sense. Yeah, I forgot about this. So we bought a couch on Craigslist and it was out by the airport and we drove out to get it. And uh, 
who walked in and they were playing this music and I was like, I know this, I know this. And they're like, oh, it's this. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, I love this band. And they're like, yeah, um, you're, you guys are in Brief Candles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like, oh yeah, we saw it from, you know, his email said Brief Candles. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we have your we have your AP, and we're like, oh okay, cool. You know, that's uh, it. Hey, we're playing a show, you know, and they were like, yeah, we don't to go to shows. And I was like, okay, so <laughs> I was like, you own our AP, you seem to like it, but even if you didn't, I was like, well, we bring a lot of bands in from out of town that are really cool, like the band you're playing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that you know, show. That, yeah. that band had just played. Yes. They, they, like, I don't even know. No. no, no, it was, it was something else. It was I a band remember. that played the, I can't remember who it I was, was but they like, were from like Portland or something. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. we bring it, we bring in bands all the time to play with us that are like that band just played or like, or well, check out this band or whatever. They're like, yeah, we don't really go to shows. Like, but they probably go to shows that like, Pabst or yeah. Uh, yeah. you know yeah. the band's big enough but I was like oh you're missing out on so Dude, much good yeah fun. you're right yeah. I, I worked at a I worked at Atomic Records and when I was working there I had this really pessimistic attitude towards Milwaukee in general and I was surprised but I like, I, I would have, I would bring in a record that I was really, really interested in and I thought was going to sell or that did not, I didn't think it was going to sell. I actually thought that I was going to be the only person that was going to buy it. And then somebody would come in and like, oh man, you have this blah, blah, blah. And I would be like, oh my God, do you know that there are shows going on and that this, this is his <laughs> dance? You could see this band and they would, and they would be like, Oh yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe I mean, if that happened, and it was like I'm never gonna see you again. I'm like, you know, and it was just like yeah. it was that like all the time. It was like there are lots of people who like listening to really cool music, and they will just not go to it. It yeah. just won't happen. And I, I, my hope, my hope when I was bringing up mm -hmm. all this is yeah. that is that is that maybe this whole event that we've all went through will be a catalyst for people to really take a look at what's around them, you know, and get a sense of community. I guess my hope for the whole, what, what's going to result from this pandemic <laughs> is, 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 is a, <laughs> so, a little more shallow. I, I just want three band shows with 45 minutes set. <laughs> I want that, well, so that, that would be nice too. What you're saying definitely makes me think about like what the, our idea of normal it's going to shift, you know, like we're, we're not, we like, there's, there's things we don't want to go back to the way they were like entirely, yeah. you No, know? like definitely things. Um, I think culturally and socially will, um, shift and specifically in what, in what you pertaining to what you bring up, like where you're saying like people just are definitely like they have, they have the hobbies, but they just don't like engage with like the scene. Like that speaks to just how a lot of us really like, you know, won't be taking things for granted ever again. And, and I mean, not like I was before, like I was going to like a show or two a week typically yeah. pre COVID, but even, yeah. 
um, even like when shows are thing again, I mean, I'm not only going to go back to that in full force, but I might go to shows that I probably wouldn't have gone to before, you know, because I, yeah. you know, yeah. I, it's, it was such an integral part of my life. And as it is for many of us here, like that is just something we obviously it's just such a gaping void without it, you know, so we're going to go back to it tenfold. And I really hope that folks that weren't really engaged with the scene or they would only really just go see like their friends band every once in a while or something like I really hope they maximize on the opportunity to really like explore what we have because we have a goldmine of really amazing music and talent and this for sure the city is yes yeah There's i mean so many good bands in the city and it's we've we've brought bands uh into town before and uh i remember i, I can't remember who they're always like wow that was that like, opening wow. band was great they know they know us and and we're saying you know oh yeah yeah get with this band or or we'll hook them up with somebody and they're like, wow, this band's like really, really good. And there's been some like things where I was like, I'm not really sure if they're going to like this. And then they've been like, wow, this is like the best show. And, yeah. and uh, you know, the quality of bands here are, it's great. But I just think that that there's no like in in other cities, there's like a label or there's something that can like help not necessarily unify them but help them along in in thinking about infrastructure yeah, yeah infrastructure but sometimes yeah. that can be good and bad sure yeah because then you have gatekeepers and and all that kind of crap like that but but at the same time then people kind of get used to it and milwaukee doesn't seem to have much of that you know like certainly they, there are labels i'm not saying that there aren't but i'm just saying that they're not um they don't have the clout or distribution that that some cities have you know for that sort of thing and and i just feel like with the quality of bands here i'm I, honestly the thing i'm afraid of is that is that without something to keep them going that those bands will just they'll just well, fall by the wayside there's yeah. also this weird i don't know if it's a, a i don't think it's necessarily a generational thing but i do feel like um that kind of I mean, there's like a DIY aesthetic, especially with bands that had any kind of background with like punk or hardcore, but like we would just book shows and this is like even pre-internet where you call a club or whatever and like bands say like, how do you, how do, you do that? Like you have this yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. like when we first cool. started, like when we first started, or when I first started booking shows for any of my bands, you know, I had to call clubs, I had to send packages yeah. to these clubs, tapes and demo CDs, and I don't call oh, them geez. and everything. And uh, and then it was so much work, and then like then the internet really took off with like MySpace. And it was so much easier. And I was like, oh my God, this is so like easy. Now you can just copy and paste a link. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like just to find another like-minded band in a city and be like, hey, you want to do a show? We, you know, it, I don't know. They just like, I don't know if there's like an expectation of, of uh, like, I need to know this show is going to be good. I'm going to get this amount of money or whatever. 
you know, as opposed to just like just do it yeah. and see what happens. Well, it sound it sounded it sounds like when you guys first got here in Milwaukee, you know, drawing in what you were saying before about how like it was kind of hard to infiltrate because <laughs> there was like all these pretenses and shit. Um, well, I've only I mean I've only been like in the scene for a couple of years now, but from just being immersed in it, like at least especially here in River West, like, you know, it's a very DIY oriented scene. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. want to throw shows, they're gonna throw shows. Or if people mm-hmm. want to put out put out cassettes, there's yeah. people to talk to, you know, like Yeah, yeah. And thank God it did. Because I mean like yeah. it was uh, it was a pretty stagnant scene when we first got here. And it, it, yeah. it really, really took off. Yeah. So all, the, all these kids like, just kind of popped up out of nowhere and, and were doing all this really cool stuff on their own that seemed to be completely unrelated to anything else that was going on. But at the same time, like, it was, it like, blew my mind. But at the same time, they're, in terms of like touring or whatever, they seem like they're floundering. It's like they'll, they'll be really, really good. And you're like, wow, this band is really fucking good. And, and they look they'll ask you like well how do you you know how do you do this tour or whatever it's like you just do it like somebody asked me one time it's like they wanted to have the comfort of the home yeah advantage yeah. or whatever it's like ah, you just kind of do it i mean somebody asked me one time how you book a show in new york and i said well you just gotta like <laughs> You just, well, yeah, you talk just, to people. Yeah, just, I mean, you can Google. Somebody, yeah, somebody, and, and it might suck, and it might be great, and yeah, I mean, there's there's things that will make it better or worse, like find a band that that sounds. Well, the person I was like, talking to said like, to me, like, though, that it's like, so what? You just drive there, and I was like, yeah, just you just drive. Yeah, that's part of the you adventure. Just, you can just drive straight into New York yeah. City. You can do that. Yeah. You're, Right. You wouldn't want to drive in New York City. <laughs> yeah. I'm constantly surprised because I feel like the people that will maybe ask us this, like, they're not necessarily like trying to be super successful or whatever. I feel like no. they're also very much like us, just like in for the experience and like, I just want to do this or yeah. or get my music out, but they're not necessarily thinking like. I'm gonna play LA and become famous or whatever. They're like, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they understand and want the same things we want, but at the yeah, same yeah. time, they're afraid. And it's like, ah, yeah, yes. I, I almost wonder if they're expecting like the same sort of like community, like communal experience that they're that they're gonna get with all their friends here. But it exists. But it, it, it does. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get into the light work to get there. But yeah. there's all the really great experiences where you meet people in other cities and yeah Yeah. i mean how many times have we played completely terrible shows in other cities and like met like the one person at that show that was fucking amazing (laughs) right yeah and has been a good friend and has helped us out elsewhere since then yeah Yeah. so it's like you got you got to take we got to take all of that i gotta say our first together our first tour we had a we had a booking agent in uh, our first tour with him, he put us through this huge, long West Coast tour, and every single show was just, oh man, it was just, the, not every single show, but there were, most of the shows were just awful. 
just awful. Yeah. And every single one, we would always wind up, there would be one guy at the bar like, whoa, what are you guys doing playing here? <laughs> like that. We should have yeah. played at this place yeah. with this band. Yeah. Contact yeah. for next time. Yeah. 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 That's the thing is like, there's that trailblazing and like, yeah, you, this is not the place to play. And that changes all the time, but like, oh, or why are you playing with this band? This is band you should like, you have to kind of just keep doing it and then you meet oh, yeah. people especially if you, you know, know who you can trust and who you can stay with and mm -hmm. what bands are good it's, especially if, if some if some huge like well-connected promoter or booking agent isn't gonna isn't gonna swoop down and just pick you up that's what you have to do i mean you have to like do all that legwork that that guy has you know already you know, you got to figure it all out, you know, and you got to prove yourself to all these people. I remember we, we, we got into like such a thing with our sets, you know, where like we would, we would just, we had just, our set was down. We just like got up there and it was like, just it was like, bulldoze yeah, we just, it would just be like, we, <laughs> we must crush. We just, we knew, we, we had gotten into this point where we had decided that that um, because we were new and nobody knew who we were, you know, the only thing you can do is impress people by just pure pummeling. You just have to like beat it into them. You can't slow it down at all, which is, I don't think it's right. true. It's not right. But, <laughs> we, but, but at, the time, at the time, it made a lot of sense because it was something that always impressed people that were just like, we just got in this mode where we were just like, we're just going to be so I think at that time too, we we're also kind of hovering between those two groups that were like, you're not shoegaze enough, but you're not heavy enough. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, like, okay, well, let's just let's just mow everybody in our path down and <laughs> see what happens. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially especially when you're playing for a crowd that you don't know, and which was always happening to us. We were always in some sort of weird situation where we had to like you know we had a lot of like west coast tours where <laughs> we were just like all right here we are in but reno <laughs> getting back reno is good getting back to, reno, show, uh, to milwaukee oh yeah milwaukee uh, sorry yeah no way. <laughs> i i uh man haunter oh haunter. my god speaking yeah, of which speaking of which Ascendant band and like should be known. Everywhere. Speaking of yeah, speaking of which, Aiden, Aiden was actually I just interviewed him on uh, Friday. He was on the show. We were we had a whole conversation about the color gray. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, no Haunter. Oh yeah, yeah, it'll be up soon. Haunter Haunter is one of the best bands in Milwaukee. Barn. Oh, hands down. For, yeah. like, for, and yeah. anyone that's not in the city that hears them is like, what the hell is this band? Yeah. That was one of the bands because I got Haunter to open for this Candace. Yeah. And they were like, whoa. But that's the thing is like, like if if you, I mean, sometimes there's a ton of people at their shows and sometimes there's not. And if you weren't from this, if, if you hear them and you're not from the city, you're like, oh my God, this band is yeah really fucking amazing i could see like if you only played in the city you might get down yeah. at like or or 
you might get a bloated sense of how great you are, but like, but depending on, you know. Um, I'm, I'm recording Gauss right now, and that's another Gauss. band that's like. Big shout out to Gauss. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, you know, this is actually a good segue because I did want to, before we uh, wrapped up, I wanted to talk a little bit about Humdrum. Um, so, yeah, how how the, how did the studio start? Like, where did uh where did it kind of originate? Uh, it originated in Peoria <laughs> under very dirty circumstances. Uh, like pretty much ever since, like even in our original punk band, when we recorded immediate. Well, actually, before that, um, pretty much the second I heard uh, "Guided by Voices," I thought they did this by themselves. I can do that. And I pretty much immediately went out and got a personal loan and bought like this really nice four track. And from that point on, it's always been this thing that I've always wanted to do. But I never really wanted to ever like I always used to do I always used to um, visual I, I don't know how to put this. I always used to criticize people who went to school for like artistic things because I always thought, well, why did you go to school to learn how to paint? Like, can't you just buy canvases and paint? Which is a dumb thing to say. It's it's totally stupid. It's not like it's it's like in hindsight, I wish I had just went to school to learn how to record music. Instead, I took the long way where you just keep fucking up. <laughs> repeatedly and like just and releasing your fuck ups and public. releasing your fuck ups to, to yeah. the public and then going oh man see your education yeah and then like <laughs> oh man i totally messed that up well try again you know and uh so like everything is constantly evolving so you can't like beat yourself up over that oh yeah no i don't beat myself up about it but in hindsight it was like pretty stupid i know what you mean <laughs> whatever yeah. you know uh, but uh yeah so anyway uh like when i came back to peoria from grand rapids i met up with the guy who was the singer in brief candles and he wanted to start a recording studio because he had, he basically he owned an, a a Tascam 38, which is an eight track half inch uh, tape machine. And I thought, yeah, cool, man, that that's awesome. So then I put together enough money to buy a uh, a TAC uh, like recording console, which is like just this little mini thing. And we were like, we're a studio, and and uh, we just started like trying to do stuff and. And then, uh, you know, just kept on accumulating things and trying to like try new things, trying to figure out stuff. And, and uh, it's, it's been kind of a thing that's been years, decades in the making. And uh, it all kind of culminated with uh, like, it all kind of culminated with the buying of a 24 track tape machine because I'd always enjoyed recording on tape um because of <laughs> i could really go on about this i don't want to take up too much of your time i feel like i could talk at length like more than anybody wants to hear about my opinions about <laughs> recording because i've got them everybody's got opinions about recording it's like belly button yeah it's like everybody's, everybody's got, got one <laughs> but anyway i bought the tape machine and then I got a console and I was like, 
you know, uh, maybe I should do a studio. Well, I had wanted to do a studio here in Milwaukee when we first moved to Milwaukee. But when I got here and we kind of like had our first impressions of the city and we weren't sure how it all worked and everything, I realized pretty shortly, yeah, I pretty shortly realized that most bands who are interested in really recording something in Milwaukee, at least at that time, were only going to, they were going to go to Chicago because they were guaranteed to get um, a quality, a certain a quality that they were looking for. And, and there was just no way to compete with that. There was no way to get in on that ground floor. And so my initial studio prop hope was kind of dashed. And then when I, when we bought this house, um, uh, this band that we're friends with from Kalamazoo said that they wanted me to record them. And I said, well, I wanted to do it on tape. And I had a tape machine. And but then I found this 24 track tape machine. I was like, well, I could get this and this would be cool. And then I kind of went all in and, uh, you know, stayed up probably, God, I bet I spent a whole week just point to point soldering all the wires into my patch bay and just doing all this other stuff so I could record them. And then from there, I thought, well, I'm on to something. I liked the sounds I was getting. And so I thought, well, I'll re-kickstart this idea that I'm a studio. I would say, um, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm very convoluted and sometimes I need somebody to focus uh, on. No, I mean, <laughs> I, was just thinking, I was just thinking, you know, uh, having this, the studio in our basement and like, um, there's a lot of studios in Milwaukee that are trying to make a, uh, living yeah and yeah and you're kind of in a way an asshole in that very much um you have i've said this to other studios oh because i repair equipment for them and i'm like i'm such an asshole i shouldn't well, be doing anything I'm doing. well you're an <laughs> asshole in that like you have some pretty decent gear but like you get to record you don't have to put up with a lot of bullshit stuff like you just record the things that you actually like. The things that I want. So, yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm not about. trying to make a living at this and I'm going to put out this or have to record this bullshit, whatever. It's like, oh, I like this band. I will record you. Yeah. Yeah. If you want. Yeah. You, you, um, you, you worked with, uh, what was that Cult of Lip, that band? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you guys played with them at that at high dive that that day, and I really yeah. liked them. I remember okay. I really yeah. enjoyed them. Yeah, and I rec I recorded them. Good friends. Yeah, and they were good friends, and that was again that was just like that was a very natural thing. We knew them; they knew us, and I think they were looking for something different. And I hope that I, <laughs> I think they were happy with what I gave them. I think they were happy with what okay, I gave good. them. Good. <laughs> but, but just like you know just to say yeah like to to not yeah like i'm thinking specifically with gauss i was i was so enamored with them and i or remember, absolutely too like, oh absolutely yeah yeah 100 yeah and then I, it was like I, I was just i 
I would talk to them and say, oh, can I please, can I please record you? I remember with Gauss, uh, I had no idea that, um, like, uh, I saw, I, I'd seen them a bunch of times, but I saw them in the basement one time, and I was just like, this, I just, I really, I kept on telling them, you have these two songs. And I, I'd seen them so many times that I was like, these two songs. And I knew, I knew them already. I mean, it wasn't like me, I wasn't a stranger drunkenly talking to them, which I've done with, <laughs> with, 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 with Duckling. Duckling, I, I did not know those guys at all. I still don't even know if I really know them. But, shout out but, to Jordan Moreno. I, I, have, I have probably drunkenly explained my love for their band and how much I wanted to record them countless times. But anyway, I did that with Gauss and I was just like, I just, I want to record, please just let me record these two songs, just these two songs. And then they let me do it. And then I got to record more of them. That was a lot of fun. Uh, hey, there you go. It's, yeah. You were assertive. Yeah, I was. You asserted yourself. Because, yeah. because I, I really, really do, I do love recording. It's, 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 and, and, and I feel like I have a thing where, I will, um, I will uh, kind of like, I'll spend a lot of time and I'll get really intense it's more about, about things. It's project. In, like most of the things you record are more of a and, passion than and, uh, like a monetary, like maybe they pay right. or they don't, yeah. but it's more what you like. But I'll make people uncomfortable <laughs> and, I'll, and, I'll, get, and I'll, get, I'll get combative. And 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 I'll and I'll I'll be like no 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 it has to be like this and then and then I'll I'll resolve things by going oh man you were totally right that I was so wrong this was the right call to make and just it's like a it's like a whole progression that people have to go through with me sometimes <laughs> that I feel like so even when when I'm drunkenly talking to these people I I feel bad because if they did record with me there's this whole side of me. Where I'm like, if you're drunk enough, you'll tell them that in advance. <laughs> I probably did. Yeah, I probably did. It's a luxury project. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the uh, the uh, the rundown of Humdrum Studios. Um, like great. I said, I could talk about Humdrum Studios for a very very long time, more than more than you. Yeah, have. you're like you're like my uncle when he's fishing <laughs> like, <laughs> at family exactly. parties he talks about it for hours and it's like i love that you love this so much but none of us do that <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so real quick before we close out drew um i know you mentioned you were uh, you had recently revived uh, beaumont uh yeah your, yeah i wanted to know if uh you want to give a little update on what you guys are up to right now? Um, we haven't done a whole lot recently, but um, we're kind of getting to the point where we're, we've all been vaccinated so we can start doing some stuff again. Um, we kind of want to uh, do like a quick recording session of the old stuff that we wrote like 21 years ago, but then just kind of start working on some new stuff our our uh, drummer who who lives in new lennox has actually been doing a project uh while in quarantine where he's 
just recording drum tracks and sending them off to people and putting out like um albums like collaboration albums and like donating all of the proceeds that he makes off of them to the venues in joliet yeah um he's got like three three albums worth of material out already that's out there um where he's just collaborating on drums with like different vocalists and different musicians and stuff like that so um but he's also coming up with a lot of different like drum loops and stuff like that. So we're going to try and capitalize on all this stuff and just, just jam for a while and come up with some new, new material. And I, I, I have a feeling that it's going to end up being like kind of, kind of post-rock jazzy kind of stuff. So um, it, it's, it'll, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Man, I'll take all that you got. You know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it won't. It won't sound like a direct ripoff of June of '44 this time around. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, um, now that we're 22 years older. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, well, great. Thank you for the update. Um, thank you guys for joining me tonight. This is really fun. Thank you, man. Cheers. So as we're as we close out, I ask everyone the same the same two questions. Um, and there's three of you, so we'll do a little speed round. Um, Jen, I'll start with you. Uh, the first question is, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a harsh world. It is a harsh world, right? Now. Kevin, what keeps you up at night? uh repair work yeah keep yourself I, busy I, repair, I repair electronics and i got a lot of stuff and i think about how uh how to fix the stuff and sometimes it it the 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 gears don't stop turning yeah yeah i get that it's not fear it's <laughs> not fear no no i'm gonna i'm gonna fix it I'm gonna yeah. be victorious. <laughs> yeah, I I trust that you will be. Thanks. Uh, Drew, what keeps you up at night? Your prostate. <laughs> <laughs> Finances. <laughs> yeah, that was keeping me up at night until this past week. So I get that for sure. Yeah. Um, the second question, more lighthearted. Uh. Jen, what puts you to sleep? Hey, everything, 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 everything is everything. I mean, everything uh, is everything. Yeah. It's, it's exhausting. It's so exhausting and anxiety inducing, but ultimately it, it'll knock you out, you know? Exactly. I, I, I relate to that. Kevin, how about this, you? This, this is, this is going to sound really, really bad because 
then you probably shouldn't say it. I don't know. It's <laughs> I just I, I don't know. I think maybe it's like the thing that puts me to sleep is probably alcohol. Alcohol. <laughs> I mean, a couple beers puts me to sleep too. So I well, and, and the only in 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 it, the only reason why I'm it, it's bad, I know, but it's like sometimes I get my my brain is just running so hot because I'm trying to like figure out a problem with with either my 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 actual day job or my repair work or 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 uh, the studio thing, you know, something I'm recording that's not quite right. It's not what I'm thinking about. And sometimes I feel like that um, that uh, um, uh, thing where uh, Homer Simpson's like his brain's like shut up you and he's like <laughs> just no, make some make some drink a beer and and then he's like oh yeah i definitely i i don't drink to get drunk these days i just drink to get the edge off and uh, it helps immensely for sure yeah so yeah. drew we'll put you to sleep um well alcohol definitely helps but um honestly just uh cuddle time with my dogs oh yeah that's that's wonderful sure i <laughs> i i hope to get a cat in the next couple months myself um so i just some a look i live by myself now so some companionship would be great yeah uh thank you guys for being on the show yeah man. thanks for having us yeah, you guys are really fun to hang out with. We'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, we'll have to do this in real life sometime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fire pit. Fire pit. Yeah. Oh, I would, I would, I would very much love that. So hit me up. For everyone watching, I'll be tagging Brief Candles, Blue Unit, uh, all that jazz. Uh, you know, yeah. Beaumont, Humdrum Studios. You know what to do. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.